Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In a world where insanity reigns supreme and safety pin manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, it's comforting to know an ancient, fat, long-haired, bearded reprobate has your mind in mind. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, and despite every attempt by the SHR Media Network to revoke his shameless contract, we return to the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon. You're listening to Late Night Radio on the SHR Media Network. Caution, there will be mature themes explored and potentially adult language used. If conservatarian words, phrases, certain concepts, or rhetoric offends you, tune out now. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, I guess what day it is. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> you magnificent bastard, I read your book. I drink your milkshake. How dare you? I call it bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. Fill your hand, you son of a bitch! Of course you realize this means war. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children, what it once was like in America when men were free. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Tuesday night. It's February... 16th, the year of our Lord, 2021. Not a good year for a lot of people. Good year for tune-ups, though. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to BZ's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, where I'm broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, all spell over the K, a mere two miles east of the Locus of Evil, on the entire left coast of Bill Mill, the belly of the beast, the Capitol building in downtown Sacramento, but 10th and L streets. And at the end of the show, when I exit the plush, resplendent, sumptuous, and palatial SHR Media Studios, I'll be smelling the odiferous stench of sulfur, brimstone, and evil emanating from downtown Chatramento before warned. What you are about to hear for the next two hours consists of my opinion and my opinion only. The saloon is serving stiff drinks, facts, history, logic, rationality, 
proportion, context, tradition, intent, and common sense out of the front and the back doors, depending upon the fear porn quotient. Also, remember, please, we don't water our drinks just like we don't water our conversation. Politics, religion, crime culture, economics, race, sex, science, law. We talk about it all right here at the saloon where the speech is free, but the booze is not. It's 2021. I'm done with bipartisanship or compromise. And understand, I am done with the Republican Party. This is the new age of modern political warfare, gaslighting, lies, massive hypocrisy, half-truths, threats, and all on the part of Democrats, leftists, anarchists, aided and abetted by, of course, the loving American media maggots. They have all declared, we are on an open war footing with you. So what is the year of 2021? It is the year of retribution, revenge, punishment, pain, and hurting you. And we're seeing some of that resulting right now. I've said before, I love my country, and if loving my country makes me an extremist, then okay, so be it. I'm fine with that. I was gone last week. Um, I had some other things to do, otherwise being occupied, etc. I have a couple of new things to show in the meantime that I've been working on. And welcome to the people in chat in SHR Media Chat, Sergeant Booker, Real Mike Pasqua, Jack Alexander, the Alaskan, and Kate, thank you ever so kindly for being there. I'm also on Facebook. You can watch live the show on Facebook and also watch on the SHR Media YouTube channel. So uh, if you would be so kind since I'm thinking about it, and maybe you are, maybe you aren't. If you're on Spreaker, please do me a favor and hit share. If you're on Facebook, hit subscribe, a little bell there on Facebook, subscribe, and that'll give you notifications when the show is going. And like me, if you would. Please like me. Please like me. I, I, ah, you finally like me. And do the same on Facebook too, please, if you would. Like me on Facebook. Facebook loves me. Oh, Facebook. I got to tell you a story. I spent the past three days working up to this. So I could just be ebullient. Facebook gigged me over this past weekend saying that a post that I'd written about, of all things, coronavirus was against community standards. And because it's Facebook and how can you not fuck with Facebook? Because that's their job to do with you if you're a conservatarian or conservative or a Republican, somebody on the right. So... In the the ding that said, this post is against community standards. It said, uh, would you, uh, do you agree or disagree? Uh, Okay, who in their right mind goes, okay, I'll agree, click. So, as per normal, I went, disagree. And next day. I get another notification from Facebook. It's like, are you guys really? You must be out to screw with my brain. Because they sent me a notification saying, 
Oh, we made a mistake. <laughs> we have restored that post. Thank you for disagreeing and bringing this to our attention. <laughs> what? Um, you know what that falls into? Uh, this is new. You guys, I have a whole bunch of stories under this, but Facebook doing doing that to me falls under the Tales from the You Can Write This Shit Department. Graciously presented by BZ here in the Berserk Bobcat Saloon. So it's true, you can't write this shit. And yet it still keeps getting written. Um I haven't done this for a while. I haven't done this for a week. I almost didn't show up tonight because I decided that I wanted to have maybe a little bit more nappy by. But I couldn't not do this tonight. The Bloviating Zeppelin's HeyJackass.com Chicago Death Toll Update. Courtesy of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. This is from HeyJackass.com. HeyJackass.com, illustrating Chicago values. February, 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 to date. God. I have a hell of a time pronouncing February, February, that month, this month. February to date. I could either do that or I could say February. Do you say February? February, February. I'll just say February. February to date, shot and killed 18, shot and wounded 78, total shot 96, total homicides 19. Week in progress, uh, February 14th to February 20th, shot and killed 2, shot and wounded 13, total shot 15, total homicides 3, year to date, years early, shot and killed 73, shot and wounded uh, gosh, my screen just blew up on me. Shot and wounded, 272. Total shot, 345. Total homicides, 75. On the 30-day stupidity trend, shootings are going up. And also the 2021 Chicago shot clock. A person is wounded every 3 minutes and 14 seconds in the city of Chicago. Thanks, Laurie Baby. And a person is murdered every 14 minutes and 55 seconds. All courtesy of the leftists immured in the city of Chicago. Thank you ever so kindly for cooperating. Jack Alexander says, Feb, Feb, Brew, Airy, Feb, Brew, Airy, Feb, Feb, Brew is wary. Feb, February, February, Feb, Awary, February. Okay, so speaking of Jack Alexander and also speaking of, I don't know, because I can't not do this. uh, Here are the PC British. I I thought this was amusing. This is two minutes of amusing. Uh, I'm delighted uh, to be joined by a member of the Chinese community as I uh, apologize for using the phrase uh, Chinese whispers. I appreciate that this is deeply offensive to the Chinese. I completely understand why they went... Oh, I'm sorry. This is the Scottish police force. Totally mental. I'm delighted uh, to be joined by a mental health campaigner to witness my apology for using the phrase, they've gone mental. (laughs) See, some of you are surprised that I'm apologizing, but no. Gone are the days when getting an apology out of me was like getting a fiver out of an Aberdonian, eh? I would like to apologize uh, to the largest Aberdonian community, the Aberdonians. Uh, I do understand that uh, Aberdonian feelings 
are important. Right. I'm surprised, actually, that our diversity officer didn't make that clear to me, honestly. Sometimes around here, it's like the blind leading the blind. I would like to apologise to Scotland's blind community. I hear your concerns, and I promise you they will not fall on deaf ears. I would like to apologise to the deaf community. I would like to say sorry. And I realised what I said. I, honestly, I had a fit. I apologise unreservedly to all of the epileptics in Scotland for my use of the word fit. I, I completely understand why you've got a bee in your bonnet. I would like to apologise to anyone connected with bees or the wider bee community. Bees, indeed, are a vital part of society. I tried my best to get a statement that, that wouldn't offend anyone. I, I really did. But, you know, when, when me and my advisers get together, honestly, it's like two bald men fighting over a comb. I would like to apologise to Scotland's bald community, of which I am a member. I would like to apologise and exonerate myself. Chief, I'm sorry. Chief, you're forgiven. I was particularly pleased with my final apology, because I could uh, apologise and accept the apology at the same time. I do like to kill two birds with one stone. I would like to apologise to the entire avian community for my cruel and insensitive ones. Damn straight, mister. You'd better start doing that. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Oh, here we go. This, I have to play again because it was so massively stupid. And, and we are going to start out. Uh, I, I have three massive segments tonight with various introductory uh, sound effects for everybody. Here's, uh, you've heard this before, but this is still stultifying to me. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. Right. Right. Okay, well, there are a couple of stories involving breaking news. So, I'll go... Let's see, where am I going to go first? I know. We'll do this because there are some stories. It's time for... Happy happy Stories and Good Times. Here's one story that just broke. It confirms exactly what we knew. And it provides the gaslighting that we've known has existed literally now for years since roughly 2016 and and before this is from justthenews.com this was a a great great website that if you if you don't go to you must justthenews.com created by john solomon and for whom the journalist i had on two weeks ago susan katz keating currently writes the headline on this smoking gun Comey told Clapper the FBI is unable to sufficiently corroborate the steel FISA information. Then he signed the FISA warrant. In January 2017, an email to the Intel chief coughed up under court order. The former FBI director contradicted sworn avowal to FISA, to a FISA court. Translated, that means lying to a judge that the Steele dossier was verified. 
and it wasn't. This is by John Solomon. The very day in January 2017, the FBI, then FBI Director James, I call him Jimmy the Leak Comey, signed a FISA surveillance warrant application declaring content from Christopher Steele's dossier had been verified. He wrote President Obama's outgoing intelligence community chief with a very different assessment of the British spy's intelligence on Russian collusion, a newly released memo shows. Comey wrote in a January 12, 2017 email to the then director of national intelligence, the DNI, James Clapper, quote, we are not able to sufficiently corroborate the reporting. That was declassified and made public through an open records lawsuit by the Southeastern Legal Foundation. The memo recounts an internal debate inside the U.S. intelligence community during one of the most delicate moments in the FBI's then six-month-old crossfire hurricane probe. Now, in the real world, in reality, what would have happened had that been me as an FBI agent writing an affidavit, submitting it to any court, and for whatever reason, I left out and it was discovered specifically that I omitted exculpatory evidence because you are to put all evidence in an affidavit applying for a warrant before a court, any court, federal, state, etc. All evidence must be there. So if I had lied, that's lying to a court. For those of you that's not prevaricating or just, it's not a holdback. Uh, no, that's lying to a court. If I had done that, then, as an FBI agent, I would probably, I, I would have lost my job as early in my career as I was, and possibly prosecuted. Now, if that had occurred in, say, uh, a local court where I went and applied for numerous warrants, that could also lead to possible criminal circumstances. And I could find myself losing my job and doing time, doing time. And still, after this amount of time, we have, and now it's confirmed, that there are two clear paths of law for essentially the those who have and that are connected with bureaucracies and those who have not because they are not connected to any bureaucracy whatsoever. Now, we have all been watching what's been happening in Washington, and especially January 6th when the Capitol was attacked. And I've said on numerous occasions before that anybody that was involved with actually entering the Capitol building is A, stupid, and B, should be subject to prosecution and arrest. Most of the people have already been arrested. One of those, unfortunately, was Brandon Strzok. And I'm sorry for him. But that's something that all the bells and klaxons should have been going off in your brain housing group, in your wheelhouse saying, no, 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 no. Put the keys down, Kevin, and don't go inside. But that's unfortunately not what occurred. What we're now discovering, and I can tell you exactly why, on the Capitol, because this is now an issue, to date, since January 6th, we have spent half a billion dollars keeping the National Guard there up until today, January 6th to February 16th. Half a million bucks. And now we discovered through various memos and documents that Pelosi wants 
the National Guard to stay until late fall of this year. Well, the states fund those. A number of states took back their National Guard units. So who's going to fund that fracas? That abomination? Well, that's going to be you and me. It certainly won't be her. And I can tell you this. People keep asking, and I, 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 keep, I keep saying, do you not see what's occurring directly in front of your face? You must. You absolutely must. The only reason that Pelosi is keeping the troops in D.C. is because that serves her political purposes as a continuous reminder that it's you white supremacists who turned the Capitol upside down and because of your evil ways on one day when the entire summer of hate in 2020 occurred and the BLM Antifa anarchists set numerous cities on fire, people were killed... We must be continuously reminded of that. We have, to, we have to bell the cat now. The cat must be belled. And, and screw you, American taxpayers, because it's going to cost another billion dollars when things get done. Now, they're supposedly, officially, they're only going to be there until the end of March. But now we have information indicating, bah, March, that's not good enough. It's going to be the end of fall. 2021. Then we have uh, numerous issues that I will get to in a, in a later show, perhaps this Thursday. That doesn't even address the issues involving uh, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. Because the other crap, the lies that were spewed by the American media maggot saying that he was killed by a Trump supporter wielding a fire extinguisher it turns out that information is completely bullshit but number one as a retired law enforcement officer the family of brian sicknick and his death is terrible that should go without saying why do we still not know have any information about his autopsy in an area in the Capitol building which is festooned with, I I would submit, possibly even more cameras than your average Las Vegas casino. Why is it that no one could determine what actually occurred to Officer Brian Sicknick? Because that determination has not been met. Jason 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 Chaffetz wrote a really great, great article on Fox News, and he said, Speaker Pelosi, when are you going to answer these 13 security questions? Because make no mistake, it's Pelosi who's responsible for keeping the fence up. And it was Pelosi who was ultimately responsible for making sure that the Capitol was protected. She's the speaker. So Chaffetz wrote, if we're serious about holding people accountable, Pelosi should answer questions about her own leadership. So he has a number of questions for her. She's livid about what she called the failure at the top in the wake of the January 6th breach of the U.S. Capitol. She insisted the sergeant of arms for the House of Representatives be fired. He was. 
He subsequently resigned and Pelosi appointed an interim sergeant at arms. The Senate made a similar move. Pelosi then moved to fire the chief of the Capitol Police. The Mercury News headline bellowed, Pelosi calls for resignation of Capitol Police. Speaker of the House says either he resigns or she will fire him. So stop right there. What that tells you is she's in charge of the Capitol Police. It says so right there. Speaker of the House says either he resigns or she fires him, meaning she has control of the chief of the U.S. Capitol Police. So Jason Chaffetz in the interim has crafted 13 questions because Pelosi isn't answering a damn thing. Here are 13 questions that we should demand Pelosi answer. Number one, what was your role in authorizing or denying National Guard support before or after June 6? And that deserves because now we know that she is in charge. She she has as much told us that she is in charge. Number two, representatives Rodney Davis, Illinois, Jim Jordan, Ohio, and James Comer, Kentucky, on February 15th, asked you five pointed questions about your role in January 6th and your preservation and compliance with document requests. Will you answer them? And they should have been simply similar to what did you know and when did you know it? A standard Mark One, Model One question for almost anybody. Number three, after the 2011 shooting of the now representative Gabby Giffords in Arizona, what changed with regard to security? Four, after the shooting of Republican House Whip Steve Scalise, were any changes made to security? I think we know some of the answers to that. Number five, what happens when a member of Congress's life is threatened? How are they expected to protect themselves? Number six, in 2018, $25,000 was allocated to each member's reimbursement allowance, MRA, for security. Did that work? Whose job is that to know all of these? The answers to these questions, it is Speaker Pelosi. She's made it clear. She's in charge. She should know. Number seven. Do you have enough cameras in the public spaces inside and outside the Capitol? And that gets back to why couldn't we, haven't we determined what truly happened to Officer Brian Sicknick? Why is his autopsy not yet public? What is there to be afraid of? You and I both know things are held back and not revealed because people are afraid of the contents. Number eight, why can't law enforcement secure doors in the Capitol? And why isn't there bulletproof glass? Number nine, why were known COVID-infected members allowed on the grounds of the Capitol? This is especially uh, relevant given the disparate treatment of Republican Representative Claudia Tenney's son. Did you hear about that? Claudia Tenney's son is a naval graduate a Naval Academy graduate. He was denied floor access in the plexiglass COVID box that Nancy Pelosi created so COVID-positive members could vote for you for speaker. But he wasn't allowed to see his mother sworn in when every other member was allowed a guest. And the American media maggots buried that, of course. Number 10, you insisted members should be fined $5,000 if they failed to pass through metal detectors. Should you be fined for not passing through the metal detector yourself? Nancy Pelosi. Do you see the arrogance? Continuing, non-stopping, 
arrogance. Number 11, you said the enemy is within. What did you mean? And who specifically are you afraid of? Number 12, how do you respond to the February 1st letter from former Capitol Police Chief Sund? Number 13, your own home was vandalized this year on January 1st. Nobody was arrested. The San Francisco, uh, San Francisco Police Department was quoted saying unidentified suspects had painted gra- graffiti on the garage door and left a pig's head on the sidewalk. How does that happen to the Speaker of the House? And so far, what we have is silence. I have about a five-minute video that I want to play. This just came out from Project Veritas about Mark Zuckerberg. And I'm going to play everything that I'm going to play. Some people that do shows are afraid to say words or play videos. You know, if I'm taken down, I'm taken down. Big deal. I, I, I really don't care at this point. So because I want to play the whole thing uninterrupted, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to play uh, my first break, and then I'll be right back after this. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Hey, are you guys listening? This is Shannon from Rightwave with Shannon and Mike in the AM on SHR Media. I know you've been wondering where we are and what's been going on. Well, folks, that's right. We're back. So please join us 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Thursday on SHR Media, on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and Facebook Live at 11 a.m. on Right Way with Shannon and Mike in the AM at Facebook. You don't want to miss a minute. We've got lots of guests, lots of segments, and lots of interesting things. And let's face it, there's nowhere for you to go, so you might as well tune in. Again, Right Way with Shannon and Mike in the AM. We're back live on the air on SHR Media, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Thursday, audio and Facebook Live, audio and video. Yes, we are going to do video. Facebook Live, right way with Shannon and Mike in the AM. Hope to see you soon. Unleashed Jeremy Hansen, the most explosive pro-American podcast on the planet. Pro-MAGA, pro-Trump, pro-conservative. Come join the resistance. Fight for what really matters in America. 5 p.m. Central on UJHLive.com, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Megabook.com. Come join the resistance and fight for America. Unleashed Jeremy Hansen. Do you value yourself, your family, your friends? Want to know more about how to survive, thrive, and stay alive in these dynamic times? Listen to Around the Campfire with Kate. Thursday nights and Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central. Only on PSN TV. That's Around the Campfire with Kate. News that nobody in the MSM wants to report. Remember, train hard, train smart to survive, thrive, and stay alive. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. And we are back. I am BZ. I am the bloviating Zeppelin, the bulbous one right here, live and direct in the SHR Media Studios. If anybody feels motivated to do so, (laughs) excuse me, the 
Telephone line is open at 575-208-4481. 575-208-4481. If you're watching live on the SHR Media Facebook page or the SHR Media YouTube channel, you can see the little runner down at the bottom, a Chiron, which indicates the phone number, 575-208-4481. And if you happen to be in chat... I will put this down right now. The number is 575-208-4481. That goes through Roswell, New Mexico. The Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, released this video. Now, James O'Keefe got kicked entirely off Twitter for telling the truth. Damn him. So here comes some more Project Veritas Truth released today. Uh, uh, I, I share some caution on this because um, we just don't know the long-term side effects of, of basically modifying people's um, DNA and RNA. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that Mark Zuckerberg being an anti-vaxxer? Ah, let's listen. Is inherent in your own nucleus cell. We just don't know the long-term side effects of, of basically modifying people. Last week, so. Facebook announced they are, quote, expanding their efforts to remove false claims on Facebook and Instagram about COVID-19, COVID-19 vaccines, and vaccines in general during the pandemic. Even the New York Times covered the story. Let's take a look at Facebook's most updated COVID-19 vaccine policy. It says, quote, we want to make sure that our policies help to protect people from harmful content regarding COVID-19 and vaccines. But the real kicker is right here in the policy where Facebook says it would remove any content that, quote, claims the COVID-19 vaccine changes people's DNA. Okay, stop right there. Now, remember I told you earlier in the first half hour that I had a post that Facebook said does not comport with community standards. It was a post about the coronavirus, and I dared to mention RNA, mRNA in that post. It was removed. Strike, I don't know, 125, whatever the hell it is for BZ. And I said, no, I disagree. Click. The next day, my post was restored, and they said, sorry, we got it wrong. Was it because... Well. We just got a new leaked tape from Zuckerberg himself, the CEO of Facebook, basically violating his own code of conduct. He would be censored on the platform today huh. for what he said. Let's take a listen. Hmm. But I, I do just want to make sure that um, I, I share some caution on this because um, we just don't know the long-term side effects of, of basically modifying people's um, DNA and RNA to um, to directly encode in a person's DNA and, and RNA basically the ability to um, to to produce uh, those antibodies and whether that causes other mutations or other risks down um, downstream. So uh, there's work on both paths of vaccine development. That was from Facebook's internal weekly Q and A meeting in July 2020. So when Zuckerberg said, "quote Basically, the vaccine is modifying people's DNA." It seems pretty clear modifying is synonymous with changing. Again, Zuckerberg would be banned from Facebook. Oh, you mean like me? For saying this. In fact, this video of me showing the CEO of Facebook talking might be banned because he is violating Facebook's policy. Seems a little bit hypocritical, don't you think? 
But then Zuckerberg, on November 30th, in a public live stream Q&A with White House medical advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci, mm -hmm. appears to somewhat change his tune. He mm -hmm. asks Fauci about the vaccines and their effect on DNA or RNA. And just to clear up one point, I mean, my understanding is that these vaccines do not modify your DNA or, or RNA. Um, so, really? so I think that that's that's just an important point to, to clarify. If I'm getting anything yeah. wrong here, of course, correct me. But, um, no, no, no. but, but just to, to make that clear. Well, which Mark Zuckerberg do we believe? Model one or model two? No. Uh, first of all, DNA is inherent in your own nucleus cell. Sticking in anything foreign will ultimately get cleared. Good. Well, I'm glad we, we, can, we can clear that up. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad we could clear that up. It's, right. it's unclear what is on Zuckerberg's mind or what's in his heart on the subject of the COVID vaccine. Isn't it interesting that Zuckerberg can vastly involve his thinking on the subject of vaccines, going as far as to caution his own staff, but right. as soon as he's made up his mind or appears to have made up his mind on the topic, he disallows the almost 3 billion Facebook users to do the same. Rules for thee but not, for, not me. for me. The irony is under their own community standards, they say they want people to, quote, discuss, debate, and share their personal experiences, opinions, and views as it pertains to the pandemic. No. Hmm. Mm -mm. But how do you, quote, discuss or debate something if you can't even share opposing views or even facts or even Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's own statements? Now, I'm not here to tell you my opinion or give you my thoughts on the vaccine. I want to be clear about that. But it is clear that Zuck is not living up to his own book of rules. What happened to free speech? Well, stop right there. We know what happened to free speech. And we know what happens with leftists and what they do. This falls under the happy story thing because this is a continuing illustration of what we already know. And it won't stop. Leftists are hyper-hypocrites. If you think that people on the right are, oh, you don't know hyper-hypocrisy. Also falling under, uh, this was a little tete-a-tete that occurred between Trump's lawyer and some Jumer on uh, CBSN. I didn't know there was a CBSN, but apparently there is such an item. And, and here's... This is where this particular attorney, and I wish attorneys or other individuals had had the sufficient facility and loquacious ability to skewer bints and bintuses like this prior. Joining me now is former President Trump's attorney, Michael Vanderveen. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Let's get right into those words that we heard from Senate Minority Leader oh, Mitch nice. McConnell. He ended the trial with his passionate speech about President Trump's involvement in the insurrection. During it, he said that the... Oh, we'll get to that. The former president is still liable for everything he did during his period in office. Are you expecting to face more charges against Mr. Trump in the near future? And do you anticipate being part of that defense? No, that's just political rhetoric. And I was hopeful that something would come out of this, that the political rhetoric would stop no. out of Washington, D.C. But Never. I guess apparently it hasn't. Were you, though, surprised to hear those words coming from the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate? I'm not surprised to hear a politician say anything at all. Are you? That was a perfect statement in 2021. 
No. Well, throughout, throughout the trial, you denied that Mr. Trump had a role in inciting the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. You argued, first of all, that there was no insurrection. But during your closing arguments, you seemingly admitted that there was, in fact, an insurrection, using that word, saying that that, that was not up for debate. What role no, you, did the you, former you president you play? You didn't, you didn't understand the case. Okay. I used the word I'll give you the opportunity to clarify, my, sir. Sure. I uh, used the word insurrection in my closing argument when quoting the charging documents. Um, okay, you can't even ask a question without lying. What happened at the Capitol on January 6th is absolutely horrific. But what happened at the Capitol during this trial was uh, not too far away from that. The prosecutors in this case doctored evidence. They did not investigate this case, and when they had to come uh, to the court of the Senate to put their case on, because they hadn't done any investigation, they doctored evidence. It was absolutely shocking, I think, uh, when, uh, when we discovered it and we were able to expose it and put it out. Uh, I think it turned a lot of senators. The American people should not be putting up with this. They need to look at who... Uh, who these House managers were uh, and look to see whether these are the folks they want representing them. It was absolutely, it was shocking to me. Wouldn't have believed it. Uh, let's follow up with, uh, with a point that you're making right now about the House managers, as you say, doctoring evidence. And Okay, stop right there. I, I'm not exactly sure why he didn't go into this. He's going to give you an example. He's going to give you two examples of doctored evidence. And most of the people, I can't say most, but a good portion of the people in the House and the Senate are lawyers or, or former lawyers, and they all know better than to pull this shit. But the other thing that was completely left out or excluded, purposely or not, I'm not quite sure, or maybe... This individual, Mark Vandermeer, Vanderveer, Michael Vanderveen, boy, I got that name finally right. Michael Vanderveen left out, and maybe he didn't know is because he wasn't there at the very beginning with the other attorney, but the House presented, Democrats presented Trump's speech with the peacefully marching to the Capitol line completely excised from that video. I, I don't know why he didn't say that, but I'm, I'm reminding you of that. That's physically doctoring a video for their own purposes. You could never get away with that in court unless you're Jim Comey or another FBI lackey like that or a leftist lapdog. Uh, and the argument they didn't, de uh, they didn't to be deny clear for it. viewers. They didn't deny it. Uh, to I be put clear it in for, front of them three times. To be clear times. for our viewers, what, what, you're, what you're talking about now is, is a check mark. Uh, that's a verification on Twitter that that did not exist on that particular tweet. Uh, a 2020 that should have actually read 2021, um, and the selective editing you say of, of the tapes is that how, is wait, that wait, the doctored evidence wait, 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 of what you're speaking? Wait. Okay, the you know if we doctor a little evidence on our side, that's no big deal. What are you complaining about, Vanderveen? Just shut up. It's involving Trump, so that's all justified. That's not enough for you. 
that's not enough for you? I'm, I, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, sir, no, no. I'm trying. Listen, I, I am not a listen, juror in this trial. What I'm trying to be all, clear for our viewers is what, you, actually, is what you're we, referring we found, to. Because no, not no, everybody no. has found, been following. It's not okay no, not everybody, to doctor sir, a little bit of evidence. Respectfully. respectfully. I have not, not said it question, is. I have not said it is okay. Ma'am, your question is I want turned, to be clear for our viewers. Listen, what I want to be clear for our viewers about what exactly you're saying when you say doctor. Do you see, hear, and understand how hard they're ramming this meme down the throat of everybody that's listening to this piece of crap who who is passed off, attempted to be passed off as some kind of a journalist. There is no journalism in the United States of America with the slight exclusion of a handful. Evidence. The media has to start telling the right story in this country. The media is trying to divide this country. You are bloodthirsty for ratings. And as such, you're asking questions now that are already uh, uh, set up with a fact pattern. I can't believe you would ask me a question. Facts and evidence. Indicating that it's all right just to doctor a little bit of evidence. There's more stuff that we uncovered that they doctored, to be frank with you. And perhaps that will come out one day. But we won this case. And I'm not a sword. Okay, stop right there. Do you understand what he said by this may come out one day? That's the underlying subtext on that is listen to what I'm saying. If you decide to push any of this crap further, we have more ammunition to shoot you in the head with. So go ahead and make your attempt and don't be surprised if we skewer you by your very own words, facts, etc. with actual evidence. Loser. But what happened or a sore winner, I should say, but. What should happen is somebody should look at the conduct of these house managers. It's unconscionable, aside from all of the due process violations that my client had. And the media should be looking at at a square, straight way. A straight way. When I watch the news, I watch one station and it's raining. I watch another station at the same time and it's sunny. This is great. Your coverage is so slanted, it's got to stop. You guys have to stop and start reporting more like PBS does rather than uh, 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 a TV news show that doesn't have any journalistic integrity at all. What I'm telling you is that they doctored evidence. And I believe your question says... Well, it's only a Twitter check and, a, yeah. and changing a year of a date here. Yeah. They switched the date of a Twitter a year to try to connect it to this case. That's not a small thing, ma'am. The other thing they did is they put Sorry. a check mark on something to, to make it look like it was a validated account when it wasn't. And when they were caught, that's they to, didn't say anything about that's it. That's to attempt to throw legitimacy at that individual. Look, they have a check mark. They're verified. That means they're more believable than anybody else. That's the point. But they didn't even try to come up with an excuse about it. And that's not the way our prosecutors or our government officials should be conducting themselves. And the media shouldn't be letting them get away with it either. I'm tired of the biased media. If I had a video and a producer, you should see the smirk that's on her face. That she was, someone had the temerity to attempt to take her down on that. Here's another happy story. Adam, Representative Adam Kinzinger, 
received scathing letter from family members after calling for Trump's removal. Imagine that. That just came out yesterday. Republican Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger received a scathing letter from 11 members of his family two days after calling for the removal of then-President Donald Trump following the riot at the U.S. Capitol, the New York Times reported. The two-page handwritten letter authored by the congressman's cousin, Karen Otto, accused Kinzinger of going against Christian principles and joining the devil's army. It was sent by certified mail to Kinzinger's, Kinzinger's father, and copies were sent to other Illinois Republicans. There is actual pushback beginning. The letter read, Oh my, what a disappointment you are to us and to God. We were once so proud of your accomplishments. Instead, you go against your Christian principles and join the devil's army. How do you call yourself a Christian when you join the devil's army? Believing in abortion. We thought you were smart enough to see how the left is brainwashing as many so-called good people, including yourself and many other GOP members. You have even fallen for their socialism ideals. So, so sad. Here's another happy story. Human rights groups now are urging the IOC, the International Olympics Committee, to move the 2022 Winter Olympics out of China. China's repression in Tibet, the status of the exiled Dalai Lama, and its treatment of ethnic minorities spurred violent protests ahead of Beijing's 2008 Olympics. It could happen again. Beijing is supposed to host the 2022 Winter Olympics, but there are already rumblings of a boycott and calls to move games because of alleged human rights violations. Stop. No one mentions the fact that China infected the rest of the world With Wuhan 19, I guess that's completely immaterial. But there appear to be a a developing amount of actual pushback against China. Honestly, I have to say, I I didn't see much of this coming. Here's a story that's going to either make you hate me or make you enjoy me but i still think it's a happy story because this is how duped people can become this is a happy story because of all the green new deal advocates and assholes that buy off into this crap now on social media people have been saying you know it's minus one degree right now wherever you happen to be In California, we spell it with a K. It was, I don't know, 40 degrees last night, 45 degrees last night, something like that. But that's what the state does. Just wait until winter. We have two seasons. We have drought and wildfires and uh, and brown air. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. But now, hello, clean energy advocates. What do we do when the wind turbines are all frozen? This I found absolutely astonishing. I was gobsmacked when I heard about this specifically with regard to Texas, because I've had any number of people living or massive advocates of Texas saying that Texas, this is a state to go to get away from all of the other crap in all the other states. I'm not much interested in moving to Texas because I don't I hate the heat and I hate humidity. That's just me. A lot of people go down there and go to Texas because of the various tax advantages. Great. 
But these same individuals that were blowing up the skirts of Texas, saying it's a great place to go, were also telling me that their grid is completely separate from that of the rest of the United States, and they have no electrical problems whatsoever, and now we know that's a total lump of crap. Because for whatever reason, Governor Abbott, or people perhaps before him, maybe Governor Perry, I do not know, somehow were sold a bill of goods to be able to create a full quarter of all of Texas's energy from wind turbines. Now, at the outset, perhaps in someone's wheelhouse, and you can't convince me that people's hands didn't get greased over this crap somewhere, that to stick wind turbines all over the windy, I guess, windy plains of Texas was a great idea. Maybe it was then, except for today. But you always have to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and a plan E. One of the things that we absolutely know about any green energy crap is that none of it is sustainable and none of it will continue through with any reliability. You can't rely on that stuff. It is not consistent. It will not produce 24-7 what will petroleum The wholesale price of electricity spikes 10,000% in a Texas power outage. Among other problems, the wind turbines are all frozen because of these temperatures. Now, people are indicating that they haven't seen temperatures like this since 1970. Okay, fine, I get it. Completely, I grok that concept. But now this is another excellent illustration of don't place all your eggs or perhaps any eggs whatsoever in the green new in the green the green new deal basket. None of this stuff is sustainable. None of this stuff is reliable. You better have a backup plan. So when a full quarter of your electricity is generated From things, devices, windmills that no longer work because they're frozen, then you have, as Texas does right now, over a million people without electricity for two days straight with temperatures in zeros, in the zeros, below freezing easily. Jack Alexander in chat says, the snow is two feet deep at my place in Texas. Texas, I thought better of you. Texans, you were crowing to me about how you were independent. And now you see this. You were sold a bill of goods. This is the kind of crap I would expect to see in California. Always spell it with a K. Because we're stupid here. Not only that, we're extra crispy stupid here. In California, always spell it with a K. And you bought off on this. And you're paying the price. This is a perfect illustration of what my my mother-in-law, I only met her two times. My mother-in-law was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Two months later, she died. One of the things that I will never forget was what she said to me in terms of, you know, BZ. Sometimes people are put on this planet to be nothing but an illustration of what not to do with one's life. Hello, United States of America. Now, leftist states won't listen to this, 
But all you right states or right thinking states or logical thinkers should use Texas and heretofore right thinking state as an example of what not to do, because now there's your perfect illustration of maybe they had good intentions, but shit still happens. Here's another happy story. This is from Conservative Institute. Utah's Republican governor signs bill ending concealed carry permit requirements. Bit by bit, state by state, they're coming around. And one of the reasons that they're starting to come around is they know what's occurring with Biden. Biden, leftists will tell you, leftists are are no different from Muslims who tell you they want to kill you. Or the Borg, who tell you that you will either assimilate or you'll die. And leftists are telling you essentially the same thing. Do what we want, or in some fashion, we'll exterminate you. Or we'll exterminate things that you once enjoyed. You know, like that that, that peccant crap called freedom and liberty and the Bill of Rights. So this is anticipation of what's coming. And you know what's coming. Biden is going to craft an executive order removing assault rifles from you. And there will be a fee. There will be a tax. And if you don't pay the tax, you'll have to have your your firearms. You'll have to return your firearms. That's called confiscation. That's coming. Here's another happy story. This is from Military Veterans. The, uh, I got to read this to you. The headline is, and folks, this is why it's a late night show. Governor Santos tells Biden, go fuck yourself. Hey, didn't see that in any other American media stories or articles, did you? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Wednesday did not mince words on a congested conference call with Biden and federal health authorities who were seeking to prohibit domestic travel to and from the sunshine state of Florida. DeSantis and Biden exchanged salvos of biting barbs after the criminal president said the federal government had authority to restrict movement of the people. Now, what do you think would have happened had OMB decided to call, I don't know, California and say, um, we're going to restrict all travel to and from California. There would have been hell to pay. Also on the call were Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, I'm Dr. Fauci, and acting CDC director Rochelle Walensky, both of whom championed Biden's idea and told DeSantis surging cases in Florida threatened to undermine the federal government's expansive efforts to mitigate spread across the country. Florida. Dr. Fauci said, Florida is the epicenter of COVID-19 mutations. And I'm arguing that new variants accounted for between 15 to 35 percent of new cases in Florida. So DeSantis's initial reply was brief and blunt. This is why I admire Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He said, I will not comply And then he cited the CDC's own statistics showing a nationwide decline in active COVID-19 cases. Those are the CDC stats themselves. 
Florida absolutely will not comply, DeSantis repeated. Instituting a travel ban or restriction of movement would be a gross example of federal overreach and no grounding in law and science. We have COVID-19 in check and you're trying to exert unlawful authority over our state and its people. So then what Biden decided would be a great idea next. It was bad when Trump did this. Biden then threatened to withhold federal funding and to deny Florida access to COVID-19 vaccinations. Biden said literally, come on, man. Florida needs our help and you need vaccines, which are hard to come by. Isn't that right, Dr. Fauci? So Fauci replied in the affirmative. Yeah. And he also said, Governor, do you want to be responsible for reinfecting the nation? Truth is, we don't even know how effective current vaccines are against the UK strain. Do, do you again understand the underlying, under the, the current beneath all of this? You are going to be held in check and your rights removed in perpetuity. So, DeSantis said, how much do you stand to... This is wonderful. I'll be getting to the break in just a second right after this. DeSantis said, how much do you stand to earn from these vaccines, Dr. Fauci? And Joe, if you continue with this course of action, I will authorize the State National Guard to protect the movement of Floridians. Biden said, address me as Mr. President or President Biden. And with that, uh, Ron DeSantis said, uh, I will not. And basically, you can go fuck yourself. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. It is he, he that is me, bringing perspective from across the sea. Join me, Jack Alexander, four days a week for the Jack Alexander Experiment Podcast as I take a unique outsider's look at the news and issues affecting life and liberty here in the USA. I'll show you what the mainstream media refuses to. Politics, border security, defense, healthcare, travel, nothing is off limits. Catch the Jack Alexander Experiment podcast each Monday to Thursday on Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere good podcasts can be found. Also, check out the website, www.jackalexanderexperiment.com. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. After six years covering terror and corruption, the Unpleasant Blind Guy is making a change. I'm Dave Milner. Join me on Spreaker and YouTube through SHR Media and on the Western Free Radio Network as I team up with Jeff Mitchell, host of the English Defense League radio show on blogtalkradio.com. Check show pages for airtimes. It's the Unpleasant Blind Guy. On EDL Radio, there's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. 
Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. And we are back. This this is the beginning of the second hour already. The first hour, as per normal, went zip by amazingly quickly. And then we're going to talk about the Republicans. Because one of the last things that I indicated to you is that I am predominantly done with Republicans. And of course, everybody knows that I'm done with the American media maggots as well. The last bit that I played was perfect American media maggot. Because they'll lie for anything and for, well, they don't even need a reason whatsoever. But this is a happy story. Because... Things are finally beginning to bite the Republicans in the ass. One of the promos, on the promos for the show tonight, I was saying and asking the question, I'll ask it to you guys, and if you want to call, the number is 575-208-4481. Sorry, it's not a toll-free call. People have told me they would call if it was... A toll-free number, 800-888, and I'm sorry I don't have that yet. I may be working on it, trying to figure out a way to do that. I just don't have that yet. But in terms of the Republicans, things are starting to bite them, and bite them badly. Here's a story. This is from CNBC. GOP senators who voted to convict Trump are now facing backlash in their home states. Huh. I didn't see that coming. Hey, in um, Facebook chat, I see Jeremy Hansen. I actually see somebody's name here. And I see Sam Collum, I believe. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Thanks for being in the chat. So GOP senators who voted to convict Trump in the impeachment... They're starting to pay a price in their home states. The seven Republican senators who joined all 50 Democrats in voting to convict former President Donald Trump of inciting the January 6th riot in the Capitol are now facing heat in their home states. And even with a majority in the House and even with a majority in the Senate, on Saturday, the weekend, this past weekend, the Senate acquitted Trump for a second time in a 57 to 43 vote after a second impeachment trial and you and i both know that the reason they went for this is to ensure that he never comes back again so then the question has to be asked and if you want to weigh on this you know the phone number if you're on uh, the youtube channel the video or the facebook page video you can see the number at the bottom Scrolling 575-208-4481. So the biggest question is, in what venue can President Trump be the most efficacious? And that is, will he be most effective if he comes back as president in 2024? And I'd have to say that you would have to factor in age. Does he want to go through all that crap again? Four years older now. That any human being could have had the fortitude to survive and thrive in that kind of an environment for five years, I find absolutely astounding. Now, 
add on the fact that the dude is in his 70s is amazing, absolutely amazing. And he did it with no pay. Turned his pay back to the federal government. I don't know anybody else that you're going to find that'll be able to do anything like that and survive. Even if they were in their 30s, 35 is the minimum age for president. I doubt you could find anybody at the age of 35 able to physically succeed where Trump did for the past five years. So then the question should and must be, where do, if you if you want Trump, and I do, I voted for him twice, where do you believe he would do the most good? Would it be as president, and we know what he did or couldn't do when he was faced with such a massive onslaught 24-7 on every level you could possibly imagine, and many you didn't, that you never saw coming? Or would he be most efficacious on the sidelines, that is to say, not in D.C., but lending his requisite training, education, and experience, leadership, guidance, and motivation in some other fashion? And I would have to suspect, see, the whole impeachment deal, especially the second was to ensure that he never comes back to D.C. Maybe he did want to come back. Maybe he didn't. But now, after this, the second failure, because that's a failure, after the second failure, he can, if he wishes, he can come back. That was the point of the impeachment. Uh, Jack is on the line. Jack, do you have anything to say about that? I was talking about uh, Trump and in what fashion you think he might be more effective. Well, if he gets one more impeachment, I hear he's uh, eligible for a free uh, free 32-ounce soda. Um, Or a Slurpee. I heard he he could get a Slurpee. Um, How do I think he would uh, be most effective? Uh, I think he's already hinted at that. Um, there was a story I covered on my show when he decided he wasn't going to form his own political party, that he was going to put his personal and corporate finances behind helping to fund qualified candidates to take back the Republican Party. And that would be that, I think that would be the GOP's biggest fear at this point. You know, that that someone with that amount of clout um, could put that much money. And, and with thanks to thanks to Harry Reid and the Democrats, super PACs can channel as you know, you can donate as much money as you want sure. into super PACs as opposed to directly into the candidates. So if you've got a, t- say, make or uh, take back America pack. Um, and the candidates that you're putting on, and you put that amount of money into the advertising. Well, I don't care. You know, mainstream media is suffering when it comes to making a profit at the moment, whether it be free-to-air or, or cable. And the people behind Donald Trump have, have certainly known how to work the social media aspect of it. I mean, every one of the debates that were broadcast on, uh, by mainstream media, their live streams, all the advertising was brought up by Donald Trump or one of the Trump-supporting um, super PACs. 
you know, uh, so, you know, here's a CNN's live stream going out and all the ads are for Donald Trump, oh, which that's... must have p- pissed oh, them off no oh, end. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. I mentioned that last week because I wasn't here last week. Uh, I was playing hooky yeah. and getting a tune-up, but I mentioned the week before that uh, that the the whole reason behind this is to make sure that Trump doesn't come back. The whole reason behind that is to make sure that we, you, me, people that believed in populism, people that believed in America first, that we don't acquire the heights of power that we once had during Trump. Guaranteed. They know for a fact that they all squeaked by. The Democrats, the leftists, the anarchists, BLM, Antifa, etc. They all squeaked by only because of Wuhan 19 last year. That's the only reason that Trump is not sitting in the White House right now in the Oval Office combined with Dominion Software and the other software, the other company that I cannot think of right now. You can't convince me. And fuck you, Facebook, and fuck you, YouTube. If you take this off, you can't convince me that there wasn't widespread voter fraud because we saw it in front of our damned eyes. Just one incident alone is sufficient, would have been sufficient, if the roles were reversed. What would happen? What kind of an explosion would have occurred had in primarily right area, right-leaning areas and election counting offices where the people that are legally allowed to come in and monitor counting, if they were kept outside or if they were inside, they were booted out and they were leftists and Democrats. You would still be talking about that right now. Yeah, so, uh, look, I've had a decade-long argument with, with a, uh, a colleague who is very much in the mainstream me- media. Uh, he used to be a bureau chief for the Clinton News Network. He's now uh, on uh, Fox News Radio on Sirius XM. But this argument over electoral fraud between he and myself has been going on probably for 15 years. And he keeps coming up with it saying, oh, look, it's not widespread. You know, the numbers don't back back it up. You know, it's, oh, it's only 1% here or something. You know, well, 1% is 32 million people. You know, when you take, when you actually put the numbers into context, it is, you know, certainly systemic. And, oh, the, you know, the, the number of convictions are, are, are not big. But there are convictions in all 50 states every of the union. Every state, every state, every jurisdiction, it happens. Yeah. It even happens occasionally with people who are Republicans, but predominantly the cheating 98 percentile or more is on the part of leftists in the Democrats, specifically the Democrats and the people in the in the leftists vein that are making sure that their little Democrats get elected again in perpetuity like California. But even California is making inroads. Oh, they should have been in happy stories. I'm kind of in still. Still in happy stories right now. One happy story, if you didn't hear people, is that California, always spell it with a K, has now reached their 1.5 million threshold of signatures to put the removal of Gavin Newsom on the June 
docket so that people can vote him out. After that, we get a new governor in 10 days. It can't be any more glorious than that. But wait, there's more. They didn't just stop at 1.5. They have up until March to acquire the minimum requisite number of signatures. And because of the nature of California, when we spell it with a K, they know that they're going to get a certain percentile thrown out by certain personnel that they didn't like the signatures or the address, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe it wasn't wrapped up in a bow just perfectly for them. So they're going to go for a full two million. A quarter of a million signatures, that's a buffer. And it's fabulous. This is actually getting ahead in California. Hope isn't dead, folks. I live in the most hardest left blue state you could possibly think imaginable. And even Californians always spell it with a K. Even they are starting to get pissed off with this bullshit, comma, Jack. But Gavin Newsom's not going to go quietly, though. Oh, He's hell demanding no. that every, every single one of those signatures is verified. And if, if they get so much as one, uh, he wants the whole... Uh, recall petition thrown out yeah but here's the funny thing here's the funny thing though why is it okay for them and it isn't okay for us everybody knows that when you do a recount oh well we placated all the people on the right look at all the recounts we did recounts don't mean crap Recounts mean you're doing the same crap again. If you cheated before, you're going to cheat again. The difference being, if you do an autopsy on those and check with each individual signature and with the addresses, hey, just like Gavin Newsom wants to do. Now, we can't do it, but he certainly can. That's what he wants. He'll probably get what he wants. Yeah. That, 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 that's a tragic thing of it. Absolute tragic thing of it. That's like in chat. Alaskan says, hey, why must they verify the signatures on a petition, but not for voting? Well, you know the answer to that one. I mean, that's, that, that, that's a question that I would be leading a lot of my questions with if Gavin Newsom would ever grant me an interview. But, I mean, I, I got more chance of, you know, becoming president of the United States and getting an interview from Gavin Newsom. Right. You have a higher higher chance of being strangled in your sleep by an Albanian octopus than you would of acquiring a, an interview from, from Gavin Newsom. But you can see well, maybe how I the... Have, maybe I should have said I got a, a better chance of getting murdered by Hillary Clinton in my sleep. <laughs> well, now you mentioned that's kind of a situation... It's a good thing your name ain't Vince. Jack, is your middle name Vince? No. Okay, good. All right, good. You're safe on that account. The other thing I failed to mention again, just this is it falls again into the happy story stuff, is since Trump is no longer the punching bag so much of leftist media in the American media maggot, CNN's ratings have gone down 44%. I love it. So, Jack, where do you think the efficacy of President Trump would be? Would he be would anybody be best served him coming back as president in 2024? 
with this caveat, I'm just saying, if he came back as president, was on the ballot in 2024, yes, I would vote for him over anybody else. But would that be the, um, the best course of action? Look, I don't think it would be the best course of action. It may be the only course of action because so many Republicans who I thought would have made for good um, successes to Donald Trump have basically taken a dump where they live. Um, they have disappointed me no end. Jim Jordan... Uh, you know, Dan Crenshaw uh, and so many, uh, even, well, not that I was ever a big fan of Ted Cruz, but even Ted Cruz has turned out just to be another spineless rhino. Uh, well, I don't, I just, I just don't see anyone in the Republican Party that, ha- that is a worthy successor. And, you know, we'll only get, we'll only get four more years. It's not like he can go back and do another eight years, which which would be great if, if, if it was would be allowed to happen. But it's, you know, he can only do a, a maximum of eight years total, unless I'm misunderstanding the way the Constitution's worded, uh, which, is, which may be possible. I mean, I didn't grow up un, under it, but as far as I understand the wording of the Constitution, the president now can only do a maximum of eight years um, in total. That's true. A, yeah, that's true. Post so, post FDR. So, um, who is going to the, the problem is who is going to succeed him? And I disagree with everyone on social media saying, "Oh, well, then you know Don Jr. can run, then Eric, then Ivanka, uh, um, and then you know Baron might finally be of age." And, and and look, I disagree with that. Just like I disagreed with George Jr. running. And then Jeb wanting to run, as well as you know Hillary running, and then you know talk that Chelsea might run. If the presidency was was meant to be a you know um, uh, just for scions and, and relatives, yeah, um, you know it was never designed that way. You know that that's what what monarchs and dictators do. You know uh, how was that? Any, any, how would that be any different or, or beneficial to the country? You, know, you want to see how uh, hereditary rulership works out? You know, just look at North Korea. How well has <laughs> it worked out for the North Koreans? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Hey, in Facebook chat, uh, I want to mention, I can actually see a couple of names. I want to mention uh, Danae. Thank you for, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. I thank you for being in chat. Jeremy Hansen is in chat. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy Hansen mentioned a couple of names that are interesting, particularly one most recently, uh, he mentioned Josh Hawley. Okay, there seems to be somebody who appears to be sticking to their guns. And someone that we've discussed before here, who is essentially one big damn traitor to the Democrat Party, and that's Tulsi Gabbard. She's made some, some statements these days uh, that I'm fairly gobsmacked to to have heard but the dealio is even a republican now i'm going to get into an article i should be able to finish it up before the bottom of the hour break i'm going to get into an article about mitch mcconnell and uh, you might hear some poo poo nasties when i mention his name 
But he's one of the major reasons that the Republican Party should should die a quick death. And there needs to be a third party because they have all done this to themselves. There frequently isn't a dime's worth of difference between the two parties. They exist to screw over the American public. Occasionally, a bit of freedom or liberty seeps through, but that's not intended. That's a mistake. You know, that's uh, that's kind of a flaw. That's a ghost in the machine. And the intent was not there. Occasionally it happens, and we'll do our best in the future to make sure that that, that doesn't occur. This is a story I wanted to go to next. This gives you all that you need to know about Mitch McConnell. This is from The Guardian over in the UK. Mitch McConnell savages Trump minutes after voting to acquit. Senate Minority Leader says Trump practically and morally is responsible for the Capitol riot. But he votes not guilty, nevertheless. Now, Uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said on Saturday, that's when the vote came through, 57 to 43, that Donald Trump was practically, this is a quote, he's practically and morally responsible, end of quote, for the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. And yet he still voted to acquit the former president in his impeachment trial. So McConnell, like the senators who voted in favor of impeachment, was deeply critical of Trump's conduct leading up to the attack. They, he means the mob, did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth because he was angry he lost an election. Stop. Okay. He lost an election according to the Democrats, and he lost an election with the inability to prove or acquire entrance to any kind of a court to present evidence and information Uh, people were saying people leftists and democrats in the american media maggots were were saying that well no evidence was was provided yeah because they didn't get into a court well that's not evidence that's evidence of no evidence where's your evidence (sighs) jack Do you think there was voter fraud in the November 3rd election of 2020? Oh, absolutely. And I don't think it was just limited to those states. I think that there was voter voter fraud occurred in every state in the union. I don't disagree. And someday I'm going to... what I do, one of the things I do, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and you would expect no less from me, is when I see certain articles pop up, I snag them, and I bookmark them, and I save them in a folder. I have a folder marked voter fraud with close to 500 articles about the documentation video, testimony, first-person evidence, and more involving voter fraud just from the, the November 3rd election and leading up to it. Someday I'm going to put that all together. To present that show would take me probably five hours. But 
if I can find the evidence and just go on the Mark 1 Model 1 search engine, then anybody else can too. With the caveat being, you first have to want to do that. And nobody is particularly interested in doing that. Like with my connection with, with Texas... You know, I followed um, the, the, the trials that have gone on there. Now, uh, just in the four years post the Trump election, nearly 100 people, all connected with the Democrat Party, have been successfully prosecuted by the Texas State Atto- uh, Attorney General on nearly quarter of a million Fraudulent votes, double votes, fraudulent registrations, uh, non-citizenship uh, or non-citizens voting. I mean, that's just in Texas. And Texas is fairly hardcore, you know, uh, conservative. Yeah, so it, it, there's that level of cheating there. You know, then there's going to be that level of cheating or even more so in every state. Well, one thing we, one thing we have to realize. I got uh, what do I got? Eh, two minutes before the bottom of the hour break. I think I can get this through in two minutes. Everybody needs to realize. Everybody that is pro-Trump, pro-America, pro-populist needs to remember this: the impeachment wasn't it. Allegedly, the Eastern District of New York has forty-seven counts yet to file against Donald Trump for you fill in the, the, the blank. In the article that I was reading, McConnell, Mitch McConnell, allegedly a Republican, said the Senate was not meant to serve as a moral tribunal, but he said Trump could still be open to criminal prosecution. Stop. That's the point right there. All the leftists and Democrats ably abetted by the American media, maggots, BLM, Antifa, anarchists, etc., are sharpening their knives to go after Donald Trump, citizen, personally, and also in a civil fashion and a criminal fashion. That's not ended because McConnell, this is perfect foreshadowing, saying what they and they, the Republicans, this is what the Republicans intend to do. With the most successful president, in my knowledge, who kept more promises during a campaign than any other candidate of which I'm aware, he has to be eliminated because of his success. This is a self-fulfilling prophecy. McConnell said President Trump is still liable for everything he did while he's in office. He didn't get away with anything yet. Note. Oh, are they ever coming for him? If you think this is done in any way, shape, or form, how wrong you would be. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Southern Sense is conservative talk with Annie, the radio chick you bellows as host and C.S. Bennett co-host. Informative, fun, irreverent, and politically incorrect. You never know where they'll go, but you'll love the journey. Annie is a top conservative host on Top Talk Radio and features some of the finest guests packed with important politicians and newsmakers. Listen every Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, noon to 3 Pacific, on the SHR Media Network. Remember, Southern Sense is common sense. 
Hey, are you guys listening? This is Shannon from Rightwave with Shannon and Mike in the AM on SHR Media. I know you've been wondering where we are and what's been going on. Well, folks, that's right. We're back. So please join us 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Thursday on SHR Media, on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and Facebook Live at 11 a.m. on Right Way with Shannon and Mike in the AM at Facebook. You don't want to miss a minute. We've got lots of guests, lots of segments, and lots of interesting things. And let's face it, there's nowhere for you to go, so you might as well tune in. Again, Right Way with Shannon and Mike in the AM. We're back live on the air on SHR Media, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Thursday, audio and Facebook Live, audio and video. Yes, we are going to do video. Facebook Live, right way with Shannon and Mike in the AM. Hope to see you soon. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. And we are back. I am BZ. I am the bloviating Zeppulus, one each. I've been speaking to Jack Alexander, who has his very own show. We'll ask Jack about that when he comes back. I've been talking tonight about some... There were some actual happy stories of which to speak, and I spoke about some of them. An hour and a half done already so quickly. 27 minutes left yet in the show. Uh, Jack, since I happen to have you on the line, can you tell people about your very show and where and when it can be heard? Well, normally it can be heard four times a week on pretty much every social media and podcasting platform. But um, I had to take a couple of weeks off because I'm dealing with viral encephalitis at the moment. Um, And that's really kicking me in the kicking me between the knees at the moment. But with any luck, I hope to be back next week if I'm up to it. That'd be great. Um, I, I hope I'm not intruding too much, but I have to tell you that I know almost zero about viral encephalitis. In what fashion does that play out? What are the symptoms? What does it do? I honestly do not know. Um, basically, it's the body's reaction to fighting an infection where uh, excessive amounts of fluid start piling up between the membrane around the brain and the skull. Wow. Okay. Um, um, I've got it. It started with an infection on my leg, um, and I've been fighting that for for a little time. uh, And then whether I didn't jump on it fast enough or just because of my compromised immune system from having been through chemotherapy a few times, and God knows what reactions, you know, to the numerous uh, vaccines and stuff that I had when I was in the military um, ha- have, have done to my system. So, um, yeah, it's the, the, the um, I've been on what, megadose antibiotics. I'm now into my second week of that. Holy uh, crap. They've just, cha- they've just changed, changed the antibiotics um, because the, fir- the first lot weren't doing, weren't stopping it. Well, my prayers and thoughts are with you folks. If you have a couple of extra, throw them Jack's way as well. In this article, House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi criticized good old uh, Mitch's 
remarks in a press conference on Saturday, that same day, this past Saturday, and said the issue of timing was not the reason that he voted the way he did. It was the excuse that he used. So Mitch McConnell is still hated by Pelosi, although he's essentially saying the same thing. I'd love to see this guy get torn apart. And Pelosi herself is also critical of what she termed the cowardly Republicans who voted against impeachment. You know, they said, however, that they're going to do that. They didn't believe 44 Senate Republicans said they didn't believe impeachment was constitutional. But hell, that that never that never is important anyway. These Republicans voted to convict Trump in his second impeachment trial. For any of you who happen to be in these states, some of them are lame ducks. Vote them out. Vote them out. Tune in right now. Vote them out. Who voted against Donald Trump? That's a vote against you. That's a vote against America. That's a vote against the middle class working man or woman. That's a vote against those individuals who value jobs and work, and your paint job is absolutely immaterial. They hate you because you could potentially spoil their great power and fun and money in the future. Richard Burr of North Carolina, vote him out. Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, vote him out. Susan Collins of Maine, vote her out. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, vote her out. Mitt Romney of Utah, standard Mark I model capitulist, get him out. Jason Chaffetz, hello. Senate run, uh, table for one, calling Jason Chaffetz to run against Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, vote him out. Ben Sass of Nebraska, what a damn disappointment. You should be ashamed of yourself. Vote him out. Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, I know for a fact he's a lame duck. Get out. It's as simple as that. It's really not that very complicated. Pelosi furious about impeaching trial results. She rules out censuring Trump. A censure, by the way, folks, if you don't know, a censure means almost Nothing. So the Republicans who happen to have been censured by fellow Republicans in their state, I guess you could call it a slap in the face. Because very seldom do even politicians get censured. But it doesn't mean they're going to lose $1,000, not pass go, and not be uh, on the take for much more money in the future. Because if you're a representative, for example, because you get reelected every two years, you are constantly campaigning. Welcome to the constant campaign campaign. If you're a senator, six years, not so much. Not so bad. Oh, this is new. You guys, this is the first time. Jack, you've never heard this before. Um, and, and this is the other department that I have created um, tonight, I created Happy Stories, and I also have created this new department. Tales from the You Can't Write This Shit department, graciously presented by BZ, here in the Berserk Bobcat Saloon. 
This is another story that just came out, but you shouldn't be disappointed about it at all. This is from San Francisco, and really, you can't write this shit. San Francisco School Board delays reopening classrooms to discuss changing school names instead. So the kids can go to hell, but what's really important is renaming schools. The San Francisco Unified School District. Postponed Tuesdays, two days, scheduled talks on how to safely reopen classrooms. This is great. Despite a lawsuit by the city attorney's office, what they decided to do instead is to work on renaming 44 of the city's public schools. So city attorney Dennis Herrera sued the San Francisco Board of Education and the SFUSD earlier this month for failing to to devise a plan to get San Francisco's 54,000 public school children back in the classroom. Now, stop and think about that just for a second. Jack, I want you to stop and think about this just for a second. San Francisco's population is over a million. Easily. Out of that, and this should be a huge clue, 54,000 public school children are in San Francisco. What that means is this. Leftists are not procreating, and the people that come to San Francisco don't have children, don't want children, want to have nothing to do with children. That's why the small, the remarkably small, for the size of the city, San Francisco, the remarkably small number of kids in San Francisco. Because here's one thing you'll find out immediately if you ever, and I don't recommend it anymore, go to San Francisco, is one of the first things you'll look around and say, where are the kids? Where are the kids? Where are the playgrounds? Where are the kids? Where are the babies? Where are the children? Well, you ain't going to see them because they're not there. But this is San Francisco. This is this is what San Francisco considers to be a good thing. Screw the kids. And you know why screw the kids, Jack? You know why screw the kids? Uh, Chicago, also. Chicago says, no. Now, Lori Lightfoot told them, get back to damn work. They don't want to. Why, Jack, would you suspect that in most leftist enclaves, that the teachers' unions are not getting back to work. They're not much interested in putting kids back in schoolrooms unless everything is perfect. Now we determine that the CDC little unit that first said, yeah, you can, you know, kids can go back to schools. Teachers don't absolutely have to have vaccines, has turned now and said, well, I didn't really mean it all that much. When Biden is not tooting his horn for we have to get kids back into class but but jack i think i think most democrats don't know what hole to put it in to even have children let's face it that that may oh wait a minute wait a minute where is it i gotta find it that deserves one of those but the dealio is the reason that kids can go to hell in major leftist enclaves is they don't vote. Teachers' unions, they vote and they throw money. And teachers vote 
for the people in their unions who throw money. But the kiddies don't vote, so fuck them. Let's make sure that we have more child suicide, shall we? Anybody wanting that, raise your hand right now. How about more mentally crazed children? How about children that are becoming not only educationally illiterate, but sociologically illiterate, who won't be able to relate to kids because there's no such thing as face-to-face anymore, and all kids know now is, I have to wear a mask or I'm going to die! Fear porn. Sergeant Booker in chat says, why would a teacher want to go back to a classroom when they can chill out on the beach in the Caribbean and teach online? Like the one little teacher who said, no, we can't have people go back to class. Because I I fear, I fear. And then, of course, she was vacationing in the Caribbean. Coming back from the Caribbean, who knows what she was bringing with her. That's immaterial. Come on. Hey, at least she can travel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're back in the, our fourth lockdown. Oh, 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 okay. Stop right there, folks. Oh, sorry, third. Third, okay. This is another re- I'm, I'm. I hadn't meant to call you because I knew that you weren't feeling well, but it, since you called, you opened that door and I'm, you walked right through it anyway, so I'm going to use you while you're here. Sometimes, as I indicated, people exist as examples of what not to do. I used Texas recently as an example of what not to do with your energy. Sadly, Australia is an example of what not to do in 1996 and handing over all your firearms. And Australia is also an example of what not to do in terms of your response to COVID-19. So, Jack, if you would, please, living in Alexandria, you're in Victoria, right? Mm -hmm. And and that is apparently the most highly impacted state in Australia, Southern Australia, I believe, yes? Or is it? I don't yeah, even know anymore. But, but basically, you, you could compare what's going on with COVID in the state of Victoria with how Cuomo has handled COVID in New York. Oh, that well? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sometimes I think the two, two of them are on the phone saying, here, <laughs> hold my beer and watch this. Okay, Uh, I've had you on twice before specifically to talk about what happened with regard to the confiscation of firearms in Australia in 1996. And I may have you back because Biden is pushing for this crap once again. And on one of my not too terribly distant shows, when he writes his executive order, I'm sure that that's not too terribly far from occurring now. I'll have you back for that. But let people know, if you would, Jack Alexander, what Australia has done in reaction to Wuhan 19. And it's been, well, shoot, not far from a year already since we've had uh, serious notifications of what's really occurring with regard to Wuhan 19. So how wonderfully has Australia reacted to Wuhan 19? Most part, the, uh, the the federal government has chopped and changed and twisted and swung in the wind like a limp noodle with everything the CDC has said. Then there is 
the Andrews government here in Victoria, who seems to be, you know, they keep saying, oh, we need to trust the science. We need to listen to the CDC. We need to listen to the World Health Organization. And then when they change their mind, Daniel Andrews decides, well, I'm going to listen to my own people um, because, well, the World Health Organization and the CDC don't know bubkis about what's, you know, about what's going on. Right. Apparently they're insufficiently um, oppressive. Hence our third lockdown. Admittedly, it's just for five days, and they say it's going to lift at midnight tonight. But what they're refusing, and, and I've sent daily requests to, to the, uh, the state government's media liaison uh, about this is, you know, could they please explain why the lockdown was necessary considering um, the UK, they, they did it because of the UK strain. Um, and where it first appeared was in a cluster of people who have never traveled and they don't work uh, within the treatment or the quarantining of people for COVID. So if our nation's borders, which are still closed with, with the exception of repatriating Australians coming back, who then have to pay in excess of $2,000 a week to, uh, to enjoy substandard treatment in quarantine hotels um, for a minimum of 14 days. So how did the UK strain magically appear in a sector of the community with no contact with the outside world? You know, they're just refusing to answer that question. Well, now I do see the similarity between that and Cuomo. Cuomo doesn't answer questions. He's not answerable to commoners, to proles, to serfs, to groundlings, to the unwashed huddling masses. You are beneath him, therefore you are not worth answering any questions to. Is that kind of like uh, what Victoria is doing? Oh, no. Well, Cuomo uh, has lost this hold to be a moment. Independent journalists who ask the, uh, the Premier, who's the equivalent of the, the state governor. Um, Premier. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, but independent journalists who are the only ones with the balls to ask the hard questions very quickly have their families harassed by law enforcement. Imagine stating that, that you know, uh, you know and, and the journalists are finding themselves with indictments for incitement under the terrorism laws. Oh, just what's coming for us white supremacist uh, extremist terrorists here in the United Snakes of America because we happen to believe in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Yeah, I got that one. Hey, folks, for comparatively speaking statistics i just dredged this up from the mark one model one internet on my favorite search engine which doesn't happen to be the g word or the g spot now i i wanted to do a comparison here's california always spell it with a k and these are the most recent stats that i can find now california has had 3.5 million cases they don't even keep stats for recovery Recovery? <laughs> We're not interested in that crap. Deaths have been 47,000. That's in California when we spell it with a K. Now, let's talk about Australia. Now, in Australia, 
which is multiple times larger than California, always spelled with a K, obviously. Total cases in Australia, 28,000. Here's a stat that you guys keep that California doesn't. Can't imagine why. But you're apparently sufficiently honest to keep this stat. Now, I said total cases, 28,905 recovered, 25,486. Deaths, 909. 909 deaths. Now, let's break it down a little bit further because I found this on the same site. Victoria, that's the state in which you live. Cases, 20,000. That, for those who don't know, that is southern. Basically, I guess that would be southeast Australia. Sort of a, a smaller state, really south, uh, basically across the water from Tasmania, where all the devils live, in case you didn't know. Victoria, cases 20,475, recovered 19,530. Oh, you evil Victorians, your deaths are 820. That's why you're going to hell. I see it now. It's clear. You guys just can't keep yourselves afloat, can you? Yeah. But, you know... The, the, Those this, stats are nothing. A, uh, this, Those stats are nothing. The, the, um, the, the political party that, that's running the state is a socialist government. The, it's the Labour Party. Um, the more conservative political party, the Liberal Party, so, you know, how conservative can they be when they're called liberal, um, are running the country. And, you know, I have all, I, it's always bothered me, given that Victoria is the second largest economy in the country. Okay, can you stop right there just for a second? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I suspect I know why that is, but when you look at a map of Australia, uh, you guys have one, two, three, four, five, six states, right? Uh, five states, two territories. Okay, and two territories. Okay, now, as I indicated, if you look at a map of Australia, Victoria is in the southeastern portion of the entire continent. Now, why, though, is Victoria, why does Victoria fall into that category? What are they doing that some of the other states are not? What do they have or possess? Uh, a good portion of Australian agriculture is uh, in this area. Um, there's also a lot of industry. There used to be a lot of manufacturing in this, this area. Um, there was a lot of coal, though there still is a lot of coal, out to the east uh, in the Latrobe Valley. And there was, uh, apart from power generation, there was a lot of steel manufacturing out there with uh, deals with uh, other parts of the country. They'd load the coal onto the ships, send the coal up to cities that had a lot of iron ore, and then they'd swap that. And so there was a lot of um, uh, iron production and manufacturing in the state as well. It's also the uh, site of the, of, um, the second biggest um, financial hub in the country. Okay, so you guys... So the, se- the second... You guys are almost like the the Alberta of Canada. Yeah. In, in other words, Alberta you guys actually... Vancouver. You guys actually do something. You, you guys actually produce things and make things. 
Okay. And yet people are thrown in jail for speaking out against what the government is doing in terms of Wuhan 19. Well, it it shouldn't be a surprise considering to get into politics through the Labor Party, you do an apprenticeship in the Labor Union movement. And the stories you hear about, you know, the Teamsters and um, the way the the mafia in the United States had infiltrated the the, uh, the labor union movement there, uh, and the levels of violence that went along with it, um, we have a similar history in Australia, in especially the, manu- the the heavy manufacturing industries, like the steel workers, like the transport industry, um, like he- heavy manu- manufacturing and construction. And, uh, you know, the levels of violence and corruption that have been associated with with those industries, um, you know, that they have been the the apprenticeship grounds for the the politicians that are now running the state or the senior politicians in the federal government that that are the Labor Party, where the Liberal Party, they were all company executives. You, You know, you didn't get put on the ballot unless you'd been the CEO of one of the, you know, the, the top 50 companies uh, in the in the country, or you came from money that came from that. So, you know, we, with Australian politics, you know, you've got the Liberal Party who will protect the Paris end and all the, the business executives and the workers get bent over and screwed up the rear. You've got the Labor Party who will do everything they can to protect those socialist ideas of the labor union movement, workers be damned, and they, again, they get bent over and and um, shafted. You know, the Greens, well, you know, they, they shaft everyone, you know, just to save a, a, you know, a dandelion. So, you know, it, it's basically called the Kama Sutra of Australian politics. doesn't matter what position it's, you take, the people are going to get fucked over. Well, okay, in that fashion, it's similar to this. When And then I, I have a final question for you, Jack Alexander, before we go and wrap up the show. When 50% of the entire United States gets deplatformed, delegitimized, um, dehumanized, ignored, demonized, threatened, the fuse is being lighted. And what it does is it lends, when all of those things happen, it lends credence to all the claims of just such a thing. And I've said it before, and I want to ask you, Jack Alexander, if this is true on your end in Australia, but in the States, we are now in the stage of retribution, revenge, punishment. Pain, hurting, uh, a, a guy, uh, my cybersecurity dude, Mike Fitzpatrick, who lives down in Southern California, has an SUV. And to fill it today costs almost $80. That's up numerous cents a gallon and about 20 bucks a tank more than he was paying under Trump. Let's make it plain and simple under that. So 
we have a push here in the United States of which you are are observing from afar to get rid of the Republican Party and essentially keep the name and the for the, the the philosophy of OMB Orange Man Bad Donald John Trump the guy with the dead orange cat on his head to keep that rolling so there is pushback there is finally pushback and we see this in the various stories that I delineated earlier Jack Alexander is there anything even kind of similar to that occurring in Australia right now well, the day um, Joe Biden was sworn in as president, uh, gasoline prices in Australia jumped up by nearly $2 a gallon. $2? Um, it jumped up by $2 a gallon. Uh, okay. Not jumped to $2 a gallon. No, no, you, I, no, I understood. What, this is me. If you're watching on the video, my mouth is agog. $2 a gallon increase in fuel overnight yep i mean get, getting a, a swing of 75 cents to a dollar um as painful as, as it is 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 normal here people have just gotten used to it and every, every time the government does an investigation oh there's no price fixing right. there's no collusion which is a load, load, load of, of horseshit but um as far as the social media side of things when um, they started deplatforming Donald Trump and a couple of the more conservative news networks. There are a few uh, what we call backbenchers, um, you know, politicians in the federal government who have no real power apart from representing their their, their local constituents. You know, they don't have any uh, portfolios or you know sit on a, a, any extra committees. Um, they basically sit at the back of the bus. Um, and a, a couple of those started ma making noises that, well, if Twitter and Facebook are going to start censoring free speech, that Australia, you know, they would introduce bills in, into the Australian Parliament that would forbid them and even give financial and possibly criminal pe penalties to social media companies that did that. You know, Zuckerberg and Dorsey got together and put a, a reply back to the Australian government. And said, "Well, if you create these laws, we will just deplatform Australia out of the networks altogether." And they can do that. Have not heard. They they have and have not heard hide nor hair about it since. Imagine that. Imagine that. Hey, dudes, you're you're a continent. Doesn't make any difference. We are gods, and we can just turn off the tap whenever the hell we want. Yeah. So I got to go. Jack Alexander, you think you're coming back next week, perhaps? Hopefully I'll feel well enough to come back next week. Okay, so when people uh, want to listen to you on Monday, where can they do that, sir? Well, they, they can uh, find me where, everywhere good podcasts can, can, uh, can be found, including now on Audible. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, it's a free download on Audible. Uh, you'll find uh, my more recent videos on um, what is it called? Rumble. Okay. Um, you know, uh, YouTube as well, Facebook. You'll, you'll, you'll find if that's between the podcasts, wherever the podcasts are made, at Rumble and, and, and YouTube, there is more than 130 of my videos up there that you can find. If you haven't seen my show, you'll, you'll know what I'm about. Okay, cool. Very, very nice. Jack Alexander, thank you for the call and thank you for being here tonight, sir. My pleasure, man. 
Okay, that's it for the show. I'm going to have to say hasta la bye-bye. Thursday night, I was going to do this. This is indicative, again, of 2021. Lonnie Poindexter, whom I've had on the show any number of times and is one Mark One Model One great dude, I was going to have here in doing the show this coming Thursday night, and we had about uh, we had oh my god if I if I'd recorded it again, this just seems to happen to me. All the conversations that I have off the air with people that I eventually put on the air, if I'd only recorded them initially, that would have been a two-hour show. He and I spent two hours about three days ago reminiscing of all the cool things that were going on and have gone on in our backgrounds and when we were kids. And This Thursday night, we were going to sit down and just go, blah, just talk about our childhoods, just have him talk about his family. He has some incredible stories for us. Me, not so much. But he has some wonderful, wonderful stories. And unfortunately, because it's 2021, he's not going to be able to be here. Last week, about a week and a half ago, his uncle passed away. And then this past weekend... One of of his best friends, a pastor at a relatively young age, passed away. So essentially two of his very best of friends and family have died in the past two weeks or so. He is not going to be able to make it on Thursday. I hope that perhaps next week he will. I hope to have another show ready by Thursday. Uh, the tune-ups I decided uh, are getting better. I have another one scheduled, but not for a while. I thank everybody for listening. I'm going to keep changing the show here a little bit. In the not-too-terribly-distant future, I'm going to have to move the studio from the studio and over into my wife's house. When that occurs... Things may change in terms of video. There are a lot of things that I would like to do that I have not yet been able to do. One of them is play videos. The other one is to when I have people that I'm speaking to, either interviewing or just happen to be calling in, that I can place their lovely little gizicts on the video as well so that you can see them as they call in. In other words, there are some things that I plan to do in the not-too-terribly-near future. Um in order to make the show a little bit more watchable, a little bit more entertaining. So those are coming. I hope to have them done. Well, I'm also in the process of attempting to get everything together so that I can sell my house, sell my wife's house, etc., and move out of this damn state into another state. So I've been just a little bit busy. That perhaps accounts for my not being here last week, amongst other things as well. I guess what I'm getting down to saying is I apologize for not being consistent on Tuesday and Thursday nights. Things are happening with me and to me. I will be here as frequently as I possibly can. I thank you for being a resilient and consistent listener or viewer. I greatly appreciate your presence, particularly in terms of how late it is when the show is broadcast. 
I always put the podcast up the next day so that you can listen to it later if you wish. Because right now it's 10.07 on the left coast, Pacific, and it's 1.07 a.m. on the east coast. And if you're still listening on the east coast, man, you must have one of the worst cases of insomnia ever. Or that's just how you roll. In any event, no matter who you are, paint job immaterial. If you're a conservative, conservatarian, libertarian, even a Republican, I love you, I want you. Please come back as frequently as you possibly can. God bless the American trucker. I still get emails from people to remember when I was giving out my uh, my email address consistently. So I know that you guys are either listening to me live or in podcasts, and I thank you ever so kindly for doing that. I hope to expand the show. I hope to move it to other platforms. I hope to become linked with a consortium involving Jeremy Hansen and also Kate Krasuski. Some things may be changing in that arena as well. A lot of stuff is going to change in 2021. And if there's anything that 2020 and 2021 have both taught us is that you cannot stop change. It is inevitable. Sometimes it's terrible as in the case of Lonnie Poindexter. Um, But as human beings, we just have to roll with the punches and come back as best we can. And I promise that I will continue to try to do that as frequently as possible. I value everybody here. I value your time that you take listening live. And I value the time that you devote to me listening in podcast, even though you might be cleaning your fish tank. Or, you know, pulling the newspaper out of your parakeet cage or balancing your checkbook or even washing your windows. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. And, oh, damn, I almost forgot this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thanks for listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcats Moon Radio Show. Live and direct right here on the SHR Media Network. If you want to contact me, you can find me on Twitter. I am most active on Twitter so far, at BZEP, at BZEP. Twitter, you should go to Twitter just to see the outrageous crap that I get away with on Twitter. I don't understand it, but I'm still here. Uh, and also, if you want to contact me, you can read my stuff on bloviatingzeppelin.net. So Promotional consideration is by the Lockheed Martin Skunk Works and also by the Boeing Company. If it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. I won't be long. And also by Pratt & Whitney Engines Thrust. Be happy to know you can trust. Tiaras are by My Little Pony. This song. Hey! Thanks to my personal KC-135 Kettle One refueling team, with whom I shall be consorting in less than an hour. You can take that to the Bank Arena. And again, I say thanks to everybody for listening here. Thanks for listening tonight. I'll be back on Thursday night. God bless. Take care. Be safe. Aloha. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, Jim Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob.
What's going on? I was asleep. What's everybody doing? Good night. Good night, Jim. Good night and good luck.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.